for it to be This is small town music This is big town music He's ahead of his time, you know But he can't use it If only he could prove it Well, tomorrow's just a song away A song away A song away Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Mike Siegel. And I'm Kyle Dotson. And we are, uh, once again, we're recording at my house. My, my wife is out of town. She's in Florida visiting her mom. And uh, the only way to get some, uh, some episodes recorded was to, I, I took all the equipment from uh, her office and I brought it here and I set up. I think I did a nice little job here. Kyle, this is nice. Kyle's got his, uh, his own little... Um, Command center over there. That desk yeah. is that desk is better than what the way you do it at the office, right? Uh, I think so. It's yeah. actually a better setup for you. Yeah, it is a better setup for you. This would be a great. You, should, you could have it here all the time, except for the fact that it took me an hour to get here. Well, the thing is, Pilar has a podcast too, and none of her guests are going to come no. out to Woodland Hills. I think you have to move for the sake of both podcasts. I think I need to get up my own equipment <laughs> and then plan on never having any musical guest. Ever. Right? Oh, you don't exactly. think they're going to come? In the garage, they come to Marin's garage. They come to Marin's garage. It's oh, that, still, that's right. That's... He's got a million listeners. <laughs> okay, that would be the reason. He's got more listeners than Conan O'Brien has viewers. So that would probably be <laughs> that's a, true, isn't reason. it? It might be true. Yeah, I was making a joke, but it might be true. No, I, kept, I mean, Mike, yeah. What's uh, what is new with you? Are you got any? You, you did some cruise ships. I did some cruise ships. I don't know when did we talk last. Well, I just uh, had a big uh, bitch session with <laughs> with Christy on vinyl. Oh, yeah. The HBO's vinyl. Been but frustrated you, with that. I'm not watching it anymore. You're going to continue to watch it. I, yeah. You know me. I like to hate watch stuff. Yeah, I can't. I haven't, yeah. I've haven't. i recorded Girls, haven't watched it yet either, the new uh, new season. And you know I hate watch that. I know you do. I oh. uh, I like the first season. I like the fourth season. I didn't like second and third, but I continued. And uh, the first episode I liked, there was Are you a, talking about Girls or Dexter? Because that seems like the same exact. <laughs> I checked out of Dexter about like season four. Season four is the best season. Which one was that? Lithgow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then after that. Yeah. For some reason, sucks. I just burned out on it. Do you watch Togetherness? I do. I haven't seen. Is it new ones out yet? Yeah, they started last week. They started two weeks ago with girls. Okay. No, I haven't. Amanda Pete is better in that than I've ever seen her in anything. I heard that she was really good in this one. Wait, I thought you said you watched it. No, I haven't watched. I watched the first season. Oh, but I mean, she's good in the first season. I heard too. the second season. She's it's even better for her. That's a really good show. Is Harry Hamlin still in it? Her boyfriend? Uh, no, no, that wasn't that was uh, that wasn't Harry Hamlin. That was Peter Gallagher. Peter, Peter, Gallagher, Peter Gallagher. That's from right, Sex Lives, yes. Lives and Videotape. Strong eyebrows on that fella. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Uh, he's one of those guys like a John Stamos. They don't really age. That I know. Much. Jerks. I know. Jerks. What, what do you think? Does it? Springfield's kind of like that, right? Yeah. You. He's had work done though. Yeah. You haven't aged though too much. I've aged a little bit. Yeah. Not that much though. <laughs> I can't decide on the facial hair. Comes in pretty gray. You know, uh, but more women are telling me they like it. You know, it's just like it makes you, you can be older. I'm finding you can be older as a guy. We have been doing this now for about, I'd say about two months now, you and I. We just, we're just shaving the neck and shaving the cheeks a little bit. I just bit. shaved the necks today. Yeah, that's I what just, I did. Because I just. I don't touch the cheeks, really. I do. I'm not growing the beard out thick. I mean, eventually I just, I just shave it all off. And but yours is grayer than your head, too. It's absolutely. Cause, and I don't color. And Jimmy, Jimmy. Carpet doesn't match the drapes. No, you know Jimmy Dore, even like 10 years ago, asked me if I colored my hair. And I said, no. And I still don't color my hair. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I don't color it at all. Yeah, but it looks, yeah, it's completely... Yeah, but it's falling out, too. So. 
That's no good. <laughs> it doesn't turn gray. It just falls out. Yeah, it doesn't turn gray. I'd rather have it gives it, up. Just I, gives up the ship. Gives up. I'd rather have it turn gray than fall. Oh yeah, out. I, I'll have it. I'd rather have it green than fall oh, out of anything, my head. Anything, anything than fall out yeah. of my head. Phil, uh, Phil Donahue looked amazing with a full head of gray hair. Maybe you do the Trump. Maybe you do the full, uh, full on comb over. Oh the God. front comb over. The Trump. Maybe he's buy a huge. Make America Great hat, Again hat and put that <laughs> on, cover it up. Trump. His Made in China hat? Yeah. Trump. Okay, so here's the deal. Uh, I love the Rolling Stones. I know you do. do and you? I do, of course. And You might be a little heavier than, than me. I am a really heavy Rolling Stones fan. And yet, see, this is really difficult for me. Like the, the four big bands from from England, the, the Beatles, the Stones, the Who, and for me, the Kinks. Right. Um, at any given week, I, I can't tell you who my favorite band is out of okay. those four. I love the Kinks so much, and I love I love the Who so much, and the Stones have so much material, and the the Beatles are just they're just like the cl- most classic pure band right. of all time. But um, but to do a Rolling Stones episode. Because they're still doing it. That's that's the one difference of them between that's all of them. The and they're still around. That's the and difference. They're still, they're still, still around. Touring. I mean, still together. I think the Kinks have as many albums as the Stones, and the Kinks stopped in '95. But they have so many the Kinks albums. Had that many albums? They do. They have so many albums. So many albums wow. you've never heard of. <laughs> okay. But uh, but but the, I'm sure they're on the shelves somewhere. No, here. They're, oh, they're all they're all on these shelves. <laughs> Um, let me set the tone here. We're in the we're in the office. Yeah, all my CDs are here. All your all my, signed all my, albums are on the wall, except for five that are actually being framed right now that I haven't picked up yet. Uh, all my rock books are here. I got some vinyl there. This is Mar- Marin's garage, really. This I mean, if Marin's we could just garage. get this closer to where yeah. anybody would want to go, yeah, just exactly. have just have your cat come up here and shit everywhere, and it'll be Marin's garage. <laughs> Won't let the cat up here. <laughs> Um, I did meet your cat downstairs. That's a great cat. A nice cat. But she really wants to get up here. Really this wanted. Is, this is yelling her, at me to open the door because she. This is her red couch. I, I did. Oh, this is her couch. But I um I did uh I did you lint, did ro- the lint roller. I did, Thank I did, you. I did. I cleared this whole room out for okay. tonight. But anyway, f- so to do the Stones, like the Beatles' whole career was the '60s, except for one album. Yeah, and only what like 10, 11 albums, I think. Yeah, something like that. The Stones are just getting started in the '60s. Yeah. They have for for me. I we've got to do a '60s, a '70s, an '80s, and then a the '90s and beyond. Okay, but uh, I'll but stick around for the '70s one. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> and then but somebody, uh, I'm gonna have to tag out for the '80s. Okay, and you'll 90s. tag out for the '80s. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, we're gonna do the '60s. Now the '60s actually up until tattoo you. I'll 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 stay I'll stay on board. <laughs> the '60s we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10 albums well, in the is, 60s. This is confusing to me because there was a lot, there was a big difference between UK releases yes. and US releases. So right. I can I think there were even more UK releases, maybe. Uh, yes, I think so. But like there's a, there's a UK out of our heads and a USA out of our heads. And there's an Aftermath UK and an Aftermath US and a Between then that the Flowers yeah. thing, which is like, more of a kind of like a compilation, but these, but literally they have 10 solid albums in the sixties. Are we going by us releases here? Well, like the first, some of them were like the first album in the UK is called the Rolling Stones, but the first album in the U S is called English new England's newest hit makers, but they, they pretty much have the same songs. Because from what I got, um, it's very different. The difference is, is that the UK doesn't, they didn't used to put the singles on albums. 
Right. Whereas U.S. would. One of the singles, yeah. So they there was a lot more singles that were released right. in the U.K. rather than exactly. we would put them on the albums here. And then uh, once their Satanic Majesty's request came out, everything in England was the same in America okay. for the for the duration. But um, but yeah, so we but we got ten we got ten albums to choose from here. Uh, there's so many there's so many hits. There's so many '60s hits, and so uh, I didn't choose a lot of those because we know, you know, I'm not going to say any because you might have picked them. But oh, I got uh, a bunch of them. But uh, I would like to start, if it's okay, because I'm going to start with the first single that they ever released, and it was from 1963. It clocks in at one minute and 50 seconds, and it's a song called Come On. Everything's wrong since me and my baby parted All day long I'm walking cause I couldn't get my car started Laid up from a job and I can't afford to check it I wish somebody come along and run into it and wreck it Come on, since me and my baby parted Come on, I can't get started Come on, I can't afford to check it I wish somebody come along and run into it and wreck it Everything. So That's, it's a cover of a uh, Eddie Chuck, Cochran, Chuck Berry, Chuck Berry. Okay. Chuck Berry song. Cause all their early stuff was covers. Their first album was all covers. Yeah. Their first, um, their first, maybe two or even maybe three albums might've been, no, their first two albums, definitely all covers. Yeah. I know yeah. He, he talks about it on, I'll be re- referencing the, uh, Crossfire Hurricane documentary that was on. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of them talking about it. That's what he said. He, he said definitely the first one was all covers. Yeah. And they said we got to make a second album. It's like, well, we can't do another album of all. The covers. second we album had write uh, something. The second album had Heart of Stone, which was okay. Yeah, song. I brought that one. And yeah. you know what? Why not do that? Number okay, five. Cool. This is uh, an original. Jagger Richards. Original. Yep. This heart of stone. Oh no, no. This heart of stone. What's amazing to me is um, the Beatles from the beginning, they did a couple covers, but they wrote songs. Right, yeah. And The Who, same thing. And The Kinks, the same thing. But the, the Stones didn't really kick into songwriting for a while. And then Mick Jagger and Keith Richards are amazing yeah, songwriters. Like Andrew Oldham had to like talk him into it. And go, you because know, he had worked with uh, Brian Epstein and. And the Beatles, and he and, and I found out like Andrew Oldham was only like nineteen years old. It was crazy. He couldn't even get like a manager's license. He had to do it under somebody's. Name. It was it was yeah it was it was wild. But yeah, he told him it's like you guys are gonna have to have to write stuff. And then we were like, well, can we? I mean, you know, they didn't know if they could. I know it's the, and it's they wrote so, they've written so many amazing songs that to for them to not have met and come together and been told to write songs would have been. A crime right. to our to our listeners. There's just some yeah. guys who like the blues, you know. I know. In London, some kids. Okay, well, because I have one. I think it was might be the first Jagger Richards song that maybe the first one they. I could be wrong on this, but it's your turn anyway. But what song do you think it is? Uh, Tell me, that's the one I have. That I think. Let me see. I, from the. Uh, Let me see if I can find out about documentary. That. I thought this might be one. I might be on their second album. Mm, see, I'm looking at the second. Uh, let me see. Maybe it's on the. 
Well, while you're looking. Oh, here. Hold, hold, on. hold on. Let me look here. Let me look here. Should we play it? Yeah, I don't know if you're. I don't know if you're right about that. But let's I play it be anyway because it's a great tune. So number let's three, hear, Kyle. Tell me. This is, tell me. Want your love again? I know you find it hard to reason with me, but this time it's different. And these early records were mostly produced by Andrew Oldman. Yeah, Oldham. Oldham, you're Oldham, right. Oldham, yeah. Andrew Lug. By the Lug, way, had Lug, Lug Oldham, Oldham. who he's had no alive. idea what he's doing. Yeah, and he's he still... He was super young. He was, like I said, he was like 19, 20 years old. Yeah, so now the Beatles had George Martin, and they had this guy... This kid, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, for some reason, it was it worked. Yeah. It's really weird yeah. that it worked. No, yeah. It, it sound, that sounded good to the, me. Uh, what did you find as their first written single? Um, you know what? Their first written... Their fir oh, their first written... I thought you meant song. You want me well, to... Well, no, either. What did you find? Well, let me look with. Let me look at the singles. This is, uh, this is good radio. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I was hoping you were looking it up while Fine. the song was playing. Um, See, I was trying to... Could be... Is it You Better Move? No. And, but uh, I think Time Is On My Side was a cover. Is that I could be right about that. See, this is the kind of research I should have put Let in me before. See. Time is the, on my side. It was a cover. The first yes. original Jagger's Richard song to be released as the A side of a Rolling Stones signal was Tell Me You're Coming Back. Ha! Oh, there you go. From their Good. debut album. Good Seagull deal. does his homework. Good deal, yeah. Seagull. Thank you. That was from an album called The Rolling Stones, and that's what it was called when it was released in the UK. The, <laughs> and the that's the song we first, just heard. The band's first yep. UK single was the last time. Yep, the last time. I brought that too. I thought Come On was the one I played. This is this is the this is what this says. All right. Well, well now that you mentioned the last time. All right. I yeah. have that one. You want right. to play that? Sure. Kyle, you want to play that? I have it too, so play it. Number 6. Take it off my list. I like the opening. Well, I told you once and I told you twice. And this is a cover? Right? No, this is not a cover. Oh. The time is on my side of the cover. You're right. Great song. Um, this might shed some light on the come on situation. Uh -oh. uh, Thank you, Kyle. The uh, yeah, the v band's first UK single featuring an A side Jagger Richards original was the last time. Okay, ah, okay. So it was not the first single, but out of the box. Yeah, you know, the, it comes out of that. 
you know, yeah. hey, can we be writers? Well, here's a hit song. <laughs> I guess we can be. I guess we could do this. <laughs> no, it's more like, hey, you guys should write some stuff. I don't uh, know. It's like, here's uh, something we came up with a drunk last night. Let's see uh, if we can do this for the next 50 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, now, for for almost all the songs we're playing today, the lineup is Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, Charlie Watts, Bill Wyman, and Brian, Brian Jones. Jones. Brian Jones. And I'm like, I want to give a shout out to Brian Jones because uh, super talented guy who doesn't, you know, he got he got a lot of credit. He founded the band, really. Yeah, he was the guy that started it, yep. and uh, he played guitar, but also percussion. Yep, he played sitar. He played the marimba on something. I'm going to play like a little the, later. He's like the unsung hero of the, yeah. of, you know, I mean, you think Jagger, I mean, nowadays you think Jagger and Richards and then you think Charlie because he's still there. But um, it was a shame. I just, he just yeah. eroded. And as they said, didn't have the psychological makeup to handle being a mm-hmm. pop star. No, no. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Bill Wyman's based on all these early tracks. And it's funny, Bill Wyman, he retired from the Stones. Yeah. He could. He could, he's like 107. But right he could now. still. He could still be out there touring if he wanted to. Be. Doesn't he still like join them every so often? I I don't I don't know. I if think that's in the true. last like in London or something he did. Oh maybe okay maybe he. But did it's so funny recently. to see the early clips. Like I found just doing because he holds this his base together. upright. He holds it upright. Like it's an electric base, yes. but he's holding it upright. <laughs> yeah, it looks so weird. It, it does look so, weird. It's, it's not cool the way no. he holds it, but. And again, he's. I mean, man, John yeah. John Entwistle. I mean, Bill Wyman might be an amazing oh, of course. bass player, but man, John Entwistle, it's crazy. Okay, so my next song is from an album called Between the Buttons. And right. for me, two of my favorite Beatles albums, early Beatles albums, are Rubber Soul and Revolver. Me too. And two albums that I put in the, the same way I feel about those two albums for the Rolling Stones are Aftermath and Between the Buttons. And roughly right? the same years as... It's, yeah, probably the same years. 65, 66. Uh, between the buttons and aftermath are 66, 67. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. they, they came back to back and they're, they, they're, they're great. But, uh, I have tons of songs from both of those albums tonight, but the first one, uh, it famously played on the Ed Sullivan show and they had to sing the lyrics. They had to change the lyrics to yeah. let's spend some time, time together. together, which is so, I mean, in 2016, <laughs> that seems so ridiculous. You know what I mean? Instead of let's spend the night together. I would I would like to take someone from that time period and show them television now. Just like Oh my god. Their head would just head would they, they would think that they were on hey, another I just, planet. I just saw Beyonce at the uh, Super Bowl with the uh, Black Panther tribute. <laughs> oh fuck you. Shut up. Uh, let's hear Shut a little up. bit. Let's hear let's spend the night together. Amazing song. Let me know what you think about this, Mike. Uh, if you take the Who, the Stones, the Beatles, and the Kinks. Okay. I don't think the Stones have the best singer. I don't think they have the best... Well, okay. All right. 
I don't think they have the best guitarist. I don't think they have the best drummer. I don't think they have the best bass player. I don't think they have the best individual player in any of those other bands. But you put it all together. Yeah. And it fucking works mm-hmm. like a charm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know if you agree with that. I mean, I think. No, I, I mean, mean, in terms of like, uh, yeah, in terms of parts. I mean, think of. You Rod- would take Townsend as a, as a guitarist over Richards. I mean, guitarists might fight you on this. I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, but they're different. George Harrison's a pretty great guitarist. Yes, they're completely. They're different. Two, they're all different kinds of. And Dave Davies. Yeah. And yeah, Dave Davies is a pretty great guitarist. You, you know, he's got riffs that will live on forever. But I mean, but Richard is as 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 I always said before. The that one DJ called him the human riff. Yeah, that's true. It I, is. But, it's just like stuff that I'll play a couple of them later, but. But I mean, dr- a drum. I mean, drumming. I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's all. It's. I mean, but those you, three guys picked like they they got together. They got the rhythm section last, Wyman and Watts, and I think they decided <laughs> let's take the two ugliest, yeah. least charismatic guys, and we'll they will put them back there. Even they'll what, stick with it. They're not going to raise a fuss, <laughs> you know. And, they're going to do a good job, and they're I, not going to steal our chicks. Right. And whenever I see uh, whenever I see Watts playing drums, I feel like he's not. He's like either a little behind or a little ahead. It's like well, it's that's a very one, weird thing that he did. He's a jazz drummer. That's one of the best quotes of uh, in Crossfire Hurricane with Bill Wyman. He said, "Most bands they follow the drummer, but mm-hmm. in, with us, uh, we follow Charlie follows Keith. It's so and strange. so it's a little and then I follow them. So yeah. I mean, it's so slight, but it's that it's muddy like yeah. that. It's not like crisp that you do it. So mm-hmm. it creates a completely different sound that." that most people have that most everybody follows a drummer and said, yeah. you know, Charlie follows Keith and which is really interesting. I thought, and you've never seen the stones still. No, I still haven't. No. And I've only seen them once. It was at Dodger stadium. Yeah. From a mile away. From That's a what, mile away. But still, I think I'm going to have to you I can't, see them. I, I want to see them. So I want to see them again so bad, but not, not willing to pay the money that they were asking. I know, but all right. how long can they last? You're up. Well, can, let me stay in between the buttons. Ooh, stay in between the buttons. I like can't it. remember. I know this is from the same era, era, but I don't know exactly the lineup, the, the song lineup on Between the Buttons. But is under my thumb on that one, or is well, it's funny because painted black on that one. Between the Buttons has a UK release and it has a, and a US release. That's what so, I mean. Let's go by the US release. Okay, let me see. What song are you gonna play next? Well, I think it's either Under My Thumb or is okay, painted un- black. Under my thumb. Mother's little helper, maybe. None of them are on the UK release. Let me check the US release. I know it's all the same area. Um, era. I gotta stop saying area. It's all in the same area. Ruby Tuesday. Uh, Ruby Tuesday is on between the buttons. Hey, I got that one too. All right. Well, what song do you want to play? <laughs> I want to play one from around that era. Let's go um, uh, again. Uh, Brian Jones, multi instrumentalist. This is when he brought out the sitar. This is uh, painted black, which I thought is just. A this cool was on my song. list too. Just a cool from song. Aftermath. Aftermath. Now, how different is this than the blues covers they were playing? I know. <laughs> and this is a matter of like two years, a year. It's still produced by Andrew Luke Oldman. Oldham. Yeah. I can't say that guy's Oldham. Let's go. 
Yes, Paint, Paint It Black kicks off the American version of Aftermath. Okay. And Mother's Little Helper kicks off the UK version. But man, Paint It Black, that's a great opening track. <laughs> right? Holy... And then you put that on, if you're used to them playing blues covers, yeah. you put that on like two years later, and you're like, well, well, this band's changed. Yeah. Well, I'm going to stick with Aftermath, but I'm going to go with the UK version. And this is a song, and here's how I know this song. This song was in the movie Coming Home with John Voight and Jane Fonda. Yep. And my brother, at the time, they re-released the song because it was on the, on, the, on the soundtrack. And so he had the single of it in uh, whatever 70s whenever this came out so um so this song is called one of my favorite stone songs this is called out of time i like this song yeah this is great marimba brian jones <laughs> you've been away for far too long you can't come back and think you are still there Good bass on there. Yeah. Hear that? This is an original. Yes. Yeah, we're at the point now where it's all originals on this album. And just to give an example of what Mike's talking about, for, on, on Aftermath, um, Keith Richards is credited as guitars and backing vocals. Brian Jones is credited with guitars, slide guitar, piano, organ, harpsichord, marimba, sitar, percussion, <laughs> Appalachian dulcimer, well, sure. harmonica, and something called a kodo on a song called Take It or Leave It. <laughs> that's so amazing. That's, that's ridiculous. And it was a lot of, uh, lot of harmonica at the beginning. And then he just moved into all this other stuff because he would play all the harmonica stuff for the blues stuff. Yeah, uh, the Akoto is this is this uh, large drum. That, uh, oh, I see that. Okay. That people would hit. I can't. That was just that was just oh, wow. in, that yeah. was just in the studio. Obviously. Yeah, he's like, I'll hit this, and he goes, "Let me see what's going on." <laughs> he might not. He might have just hit it on the side. He might have tapped it. Um, do you know? Because I, I do not know this, and I should. Uh, Brian Jones, did he? Did he die when he was still a member of the band, or did no? They a get month. It was about a month after they cut him loose, because uh, when we get to later, the the, uh, the last sessions, the Let It Bleed ones, mm. and even into like Beggar's Banquet, he was so just a mess. He was a mess, and he couldn't contribute anymore. And they finally said, "We got to go." And he said it was really hard. You know, they, they all went over to his house, and. Uh, yeah, they said we're gonna we're gonna move on, and then about a month later, he was partying with people, and they found him at the bottom of the swimming pool. Yeah. Now, I, I this is <laughs> this is true. I know it's it, it's it's our pool guy <laughs> is Brian Jones. That's his name. Yes, <laughs> I had and, one of my best friends as a kid was named Brian Jones as well. And um, but yeah, but that kid didn't die in a swimming pool. No, uh, this so, guy's the pool guy. Yes. Yeah, so when oh, when we man. when we moved to this house, I asked uh, my friend Laren, who lives you know very close by. I said, "Who's your pool guy?" And she, "Oh, my my guy Brian. Here's his number. Call him." So he came over the first day, 
and he uh, and he introduced himself as Brian Jones. I go, wait a minute, you're Brian Jones, and you're the pool guy. He goes, I know. He goes, I he goes, I used to be Gene Simmons' pool guy, and he would make fun of me every time I would show up. <laughs> and uh, it's it's just ridiculous. That's right. I know. All right, change that right. Get a nickname. Yeah, get a nickname. <laughs> hey, Bry. Get the best pool guy's name ever. Hey, Jonesy. Buttermaker. Best pool guy <laughs> ever in movies. What's your next tune? Um, well, let's. I'm going to keep it with the marimba. This is uh, same era. Under my thumb, Brian Jones mm. opening. I mean, the, it makes it the sound of the song. This is also from Aftermath, and this this was on my list too. Such a great song. Getting a buzz. Hey, what's that buzz from? Ah, there you go. Under my thumb. <laughs> Hand claps in there. That's also Brian Jones. Yep. <laughs> Probably is. Hand claps is listed as hand claps. How did they get rid of that guy? Well. <laughs> All those instruments weighing him down. Yeah. <laughs> so funny, without the drugs, he might still be on the road with him right now. <laughs> Could be. I think, I think what like we're learning tonight, fucking folks, is... marimba. I played the marimba in high school band. You got to pick up Aftermath, UK and US. Get them both because different tracks and all good. Yeah. I wish they would have released a version that combined everything from the UK and everything from the US version all in one, but you got to get them both. They did so differently back then. They didn't make like a a remastered and have like some some bonus tracks from the UK ones? No, these two albums, um, the Between the Buttons and Aftermath, they released them in both versions, so you had to buy both okay. to get all the you tracks. Them both? Um, I bought the U.S. versions physically, and then I went to iTunes and bought the U.K. tracks that aren't on those two. I see. Doesn't mean I won't buy them physically. <laughs> Eventually. Just, well, they need the money. Too. He just gave me a $50 uh, Amazon gift card for my birthday. So oh, well, happy birthday. Thank you. So I might be using that. Okay. Yeah. All right. My turn. Yeah, your turn. Let's jump to something, uh, an album from 1965 called December's Children. It's a very clunky title. (laughs) December's Children, and then in parentheses, and Everybody's. And this was was only released in the U.S. This wasn't released in the U.K. Okay. So uh, this still has a bunch of covers on it, but it also has this track, which is uh, Get Off of My Cloud. Yep. I think this was released in the UK as a single and included on this album. So many songs. Yeah, I got one from that era too, and it might be on the same album, you would tell me, but this is the, the number 11, Kyle. This is 19th Nervous Breakdown. There's a riff. Hey, the kind of 
I wonder, like, like songwriting, mm-hmm. is, it, is it the same? I try to compare it to, like, I wasn't a musician in my 20s. I was a comedian. Right. But is uh, I always think, like, maybe writing... Were you? Were you? Well, yes. <laughs> Some would say no. <laughs> but if, like, writing a bit is like writing a song, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you tweak it, you know, how it goes, it mm-hmm. changes. But you'll see a bad comic who will have, like, one great bit. Yeah. And like, well, he's like a one-hit wonder. He's a one-hit wonder. You know, it's just like yeah. musicians kind of go through the same thing, and some have lasting yeah. power, and some don't. But you gotta, and some are just more prolific than others. Yeah. But I don't know. I was kind of compared to the same thing. You got me thinking about Pete Townsend now. He's not a riff guitarist, but I think he's an amazing guitarist. Right. I think he gets lumped into. Oh, Pete Townsend is a, an amazing songwriter. Yeah, and so that, and, uh, but remember, he's the only guitar player in the Who. When but, you listen to the Who, that's right. all. But him. Keith and George Harrison, we don't look at as like, or any of those guys. But I guess two a different time in the Beatles. Yeah, but you don't. We don't look at it as like, oh, they were great soloists. You know, that kind of thing, right. like ripping off a solo, right? But you know, yeah, yeah like a, cu- a couple weeks ago, we did an ACDC episode with Christy. I mean, and Angus, and a, yeah, those solos go on forever. Yeah, and the riffs, like the opening riffs, are are, are amazing. You mm-hmm. know, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, this is from 1965. This is from an album called Out of Our Heads, and this is a song called Play with Fire. Your mother, she's an heiress, owns a block in. St. John's Wood and your father be there with her if he only could but don't So this is on the U.S. version of Out of Our Heads, and this is credited to Nanker Felge, which is the pseudonym for the whole band. The whole band, right? It's like they're they just a uh, they made up a name, yeah, for the whole band. Yeah. So play with fire, Again, right? Another great song. I want to go fun? back. Oh, go ahead. We're yeah. playing a ton of songs tonight that the band that they don't even that they might not even play. I don't know when the last time they might have played play with fire in concert was. oh god yeah they have so many songs i looked up the set list for i mean my favorite era starts right after it starts right at the end of this and you know like from beggar's banquet on mctaylor era yeah yeah beggar's banquet to let it bleed and then sticky fingers is my favorite one yeah, and then you, exile you gotta do Street. the 70 you gotta so do the, the 72 one the 72 tour i looked it up mm-hmm. the like two months in america the scp tour Look up that set list, and you, it'll blow your mind. It's like if we were ever going to see a tour, that, that was, was it. The one. And they didn't play any '60s stuff. I was because six. they were. I they was were, six, Mike. I wasn't. I couldn't right. go. So none of this stuff they didn't play uh, because I guess they were fighting with Alan Klein and Abco Music owned all this stuff. Uh-huh. They signed it all away, so they didn't want to play it. Wow. So it was all like from I think maybe Let It Bleed was the first one mm-hmm. on their new album or new label. Um, so, or maybe it was the last one. I can't remember. What but, was, uh, what was the first Rolling Stones album that you purchased? Uh, oh God. I think it might've been Tattoo You. I think it was Tattoo You for me also. Yeah, Cause that came out like, oh, I was in junior high or something. Yeah. I remember everyone. And Missy was on that. 
right? Uh, no, Mishy was on um, Some Girls. Tattoo You was, oh, some girl. yeah, some. was Hang Fire and Start Me Up. Start Me Up, yeah. Neighbors, Waiting on a Friend. But I remember a bunch of people from high school went to Philadelphia to see them, and it was, um, I think Journey opened up, and I think they got booed. Yeah. Booed off the stage. But um, <laughs> yeah, so it's funny. Like That was 1981, so you buy that in 81 for me and you, and then you're like, oh, they have 15 other yeah, albums. 20 years back. Yeah, 20 years back. Let's uh, go back there and revisit all that. I wanted to play something that I found when I was researching this kind of stuff that I'd never heard them do a version of this. Mm-hmm. Number two, I'm going to go backwards in time. It was an old blues cover. But this is a song we We're always... not going chronological tonight okay. anyway. This, so. is, this is what I heard. We've all know this from the Blues Brothers version of this. <laughs> but this is uh, Everybody Needs Somebody to Love. I, I never you. found their version. Somebody love So much to kiss Sometimes I miss you So much to squeeze So much to please I need you, you, you I need you, you, you It's an old standard. I don't know who did the original. Some blues guy from way, way back. Solomon Burke. Solomon Burke. Uh, wrote that with uh, Burt Burns and Jerry Wexler. Solomon Burke. There that was go. the uh, that was the first track on Rolling Stones number two, which was a UK really. Was that I had UK never release? heard that version before, so I wanted to play that UK release. Uh, you know, the Blues Brothers do a pretty great version of that song. <laughs> well, I had one of the best bands ever of session guys. I uh I really like the uh I really like those Blues Brothers albums. <laughs> I only had the one. That's all you I, needed. Briefcase I, full of blues. I had made And an I didn't know at the time that there were all covers. I had made in America. I had the soundtrack. Oh no, you did? Yeah. Yeah. Going back to Miami. I love those songs. Uh here's a here's a deep cut. This is from Between the Buttons, uh, from nineteen sixty seven, and this is called Miss Amanda Jones. Sorry, Kyle. Caught him off guard. Down and down she goes. Out of bed and don't. I said down and down and down and down. She looked really lovely at home. Tell somebody gonna come up and ask her. Chuck Berry-ish. Yep. Yeah, for I like me, it. For me, uh, Aftermath and Between the Buttons are where, that's where they start to make albums that you can really listen to start to finish. Like, oh, we made an album. You right. You know what I mean? Get those well, albums. That's my thing tonight. Get Aftermath and Between the Buttons. People. And speaking of albums, when uh, Sgt. Pepper came out, uh, the Stones decided they needed to uh, make an answer to that. And uh, and this is the worst. You know, I like to bring a stink bomb in, and I brought in a couple of, off Satanic Majesty's request. There was one good song on it. There's, there, there's uh, two. I think like the, a rainbow. I think She's the, like a rainbow. And 2000 Man is a good song. Okay. 
But there's here's one, one that so, isn't. Here's one that isn't. Is this? Is it? Are you gonna play in another land? Yes. <laughs> I've played that on here before. Oh, did you? That's okay. It's a long time okay, ago. Okay. Well, I can play another one. I brought a second no, one. No, in another land is sung by Bill Wyman, I think. Okay. Well, this is uh, in another land. <laughs> okay. Acid's your friend. It's terrible. You know, Paul McCartney plays percussion on She's a Rainbow. Really? Yes. What was Brian Jones that day? I don't know. Ronnie Lane is backing vocals on this song that we're listening to. There he is. Hear him? Who wasn't hanging out in that studio? This is the one Rolling Stones album that I do not own. Okay. I purchased Well, there's a good I, reason for I that. I purchased it physically. I listened to it. I put it in my iTunes and then then I sold that on eBay <laughs> because I'm like I do not need I'll never <laughs> listen. I will never put this in and listen to it. It's not good. No. No. And then uh, they got busted right after that came out. Uh, they got Mick and Keith got busted for uh, drugs. And they got thrown in jail for a day, but yeah. still, they were working. And then uh, it kind of straightened them out, and they came out and went like, yeah, we didn't straighten them out, but I mean, right. they kind of went back like, let's what, what are we doing trouble. here? Let's not get in trouble Yeah, anymore. let's, uh, let's uh, rock that again. Album, that album went gold. That sold half a million copies in the U.S. Well, they were at a time where I mean, they could print and put out anything. Well, that's true. It had a cool cover. and they, That's true. The psychedelic stuff was all the rage, and they were like, yeah, let's I mean, jump in on it. No. <laughs> not good for music sometimes. I am going to jump into 1965 from December's back to December's children and everybody's. This is I'm free. Hmm. Also successful 90s cover from, I can't remember who. Was that the new Duncan Imperials, maybe? I don't know. You got me, man. I can't, boy, if that's right, I will shit myself. Kyle, do you even remember what he said? Uh, yes. I'm new free. Duncan Imperials. I could be wrong. Just do I'm free. Do you know what their first number one single was? Soup Dragons. Soup Dragons. Damn it. Do you know what their first number, the Rolling Stones' first number one single was? In the U.S. In the U.S., um, number one thing. Give me a year. Sixty-five, right? Sixty-five. Let's spend the night together. No. Okay. Um. They can't. They can't get this. Satisfaction. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then the follow-up. I didn't bring that one in. The follow-up to that was "Get Off My Cloud," and that also went to number one. Okay. But their first number one in the UK was "It's All Over Now." Mm-hmm. And then Little Red Rooster went to number one. I almost brought that in. It's that was an old blues cover. Yeah, that's an old blues cover. Speaking of old blues covers, uh, play number one, Kyle. Try that one out. That's this is another one I didn't, I'd never heard before. But it's called "Confessing the Blues." Mama, please don't dog me round. What album is this from? 
gotta be maybe the yeah, first. I would rather love you, baby, than anyone else I know in town. First or second? This is my confession, mama, and it's sung by all your songs. It proves that I'm in heaven, mama, with you. Standard blues, but I just never heard it before, and oh, it sounded kind of cool. What happened? Did we stop? Uh, Did we stop recording? I, th- I think, but it looks like it continued. So, can you pick it? What it, should we check just, it out? Just talk about the oh boy, the confessing the blues again. <laughs> so that's called confessing the blues. I think it's on the first or second album. Cool. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure. If only we had somebody who could look that up. <laughs> Pat. I could look it up. We have it. But it's pretty sta- it's pretty standard, straightforward uh, blues stuff. But they were so heavy into it. I mean, that's yeah. Just some kids got it. You know, Clapton was in that same group. Yeah. They just loved the blues and just. It's from uh, the album Twelve by Five. Twelve by Five. Well, this okay. is what's funny is the bands that I named: the Beatles, the Stones, the Kinks, and the Who. They all loved the American blues music. So then they, but we love. Their music, you know what I mean? But it's funny how the Beatles were more, they weren't, they were more of the, they liked Chuck Berry, and but they were more Little Richard yeah. and Eddie Cochran than like Muddy Waters. You know what I mean? I always, well, Clapton was pure Muddy Waters and all the, the old blues guys, yeah. Robert Johnson and stuff like that. The Beatles were more like, they liked their 50s pop yeah. guys, you know? The, um, Dwayne Eddy and guys like that. I mean, I totally think the Beatles are a pop rock band and the Stones are a, a rock band. Mm-hmm. What do you think? My wife yeah, disagrees I mean, with me. The reason I say the Beatles are a pop band is because I can listen to the Beatles with my kids. Yeah, you know I, mean, I mean, I think they, the more, especially their early stuff was more about, I think, music to dance to. She loves, you know, yeah, I want to hold your hold hand. Your hand. And, it's very innocent, very kind of upbeat. But even kind of stuff. even the later stuff, there's nothing really dark or nothing too overtly sexual. Well, I mean, you could say Norwegian Wood. It was about a one night stand. I mean, then that was early on. That's Rubber Soul. That's sixty five. Is Norwegian Wood his penis? Does he have? <laughs> does he have? Nor- did he get wood? Isn't in- it good? Norwegian, Norwegian Wood. <laughs> I mean, I made a whole, for my niece when she was born, I like lower really little, I made a whole Beatles CD. Uh, you can make an entire Beatles kids CD. I mean, it's, it's sing-along. You put a uh, revolution number nine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, you can't see doing that with the Stones. You know, what, what are the kids songs? And there's nothing like Yellow Submarine and Obladi Oblada and All Together Now. These, no. are all, these are kids songs. I mean, they really are. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, of course, she knows it by the time she's... But that's a good, it's a good starter. Parents out there listening in the crib, you know, mm-hmm. they'll know. Start them out on the classics. You can't go deep. Put in, you know, White Snake sliding in. <laughs> right. Octopus's Garden is a good one. And then you work them up to the Norwegian death metal. Well, speaking of back. drug use, I mean, one of the first references to prescription drug use, which was, you know, and there hasn't been that many since even, was uh, number seven. All right. From your favorite era. This is Mother's Little Helper. About mommy popping pills. This was on my list too. Taking it off. I'm not sure what that instrument is. Right there. Kids are different today. I hear every mother say, My 
Yeah, take that, parents. You're telling me not to do drugs, and then you're running off to get your little pills from them. Yeah, man. Yeah. I can't smoke a joint, but you can sit there and have a beer, old man. <laughs> That's like every health film in the, you know, in the 70s. It's the same thing. Why can't I be? Do you think, let, pot, do you think marijuana should be legalized? Yeah, for the most part. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's any worse than drinking. It kind of is out here, right? Yeah, I mean, it's... I don't think... How much um, do you want to fill the jails up with that? Of course, I'm going to be wrong about this, but my, my kids, they hate smoking so much that I don't know that they'll smoke pot. I mean, they'll probably try it, but... Uh, what? <laughs> no. I'd rather drink, though, right? I can tell you, I, did, I didn't... I never smoked pot in high school. I was afraid of it. I didn't do it, but none of my friends did. It really is kind of who you hang out with. And I didn't... All, I never... I, well, you pressure. know, I've never done any drugs. Right. I did my first time in my, in my dorm at college just some guys down the hall like hey want to try this and it's like okay i'm not at home i can't get busted by my parents and uh i'm not driving i'm walking down the hallway so yeah let me give this a shot i thought that i would get addicted to anything i tried that's what i thought i thought i would get addicted (laughs) well you if you look around at your CDs and yeah, yeah, yeah seriously sit around eight million albums i am addicted to things that can't kill me like you know, don't I, just bank. I got. I have you. Blu-ray. Thing is, thing is, I have a ton of Blu-ray discs down there too, and I'm like, I and I don't watch. Like I saw them at the yeah. movies, and then I buy it. I gotta have it on my shelf. Like music, I do listen to every single day, but I gotta start watching but these it's Blu-rays. More, it's more of an obsession. Um, it's not, obsession. A, not an obsession, but uh, it's your interest. You're just interested I, in it. I, That's different than an addiction. I, I also like how you said, "I need to start watching these." Not, I need to start getting rid of these. No, movies. you need to start watching. <laughs> right. It's a, there's nothing I love better than, like, the, let me tell you something. I, I got so many Amazon cards for my birthday, and I, I burned through those. I have stuff coming, like, all week. But this, It's all music. It's all music. It has a couple, mostly music. Okay. This Friday, in the mail, is a 13-disc box set of every uh, Todd Rundgren solo album. Well, that's just silly. And I can't. <laughs> I, I what are you doing? I 13 discs of Todd I Rundgren. I can't fucking wait for that to arrive. I can boil it down to one CD. I love, open, I love opening it up and pulling it out and looking at it. Todd Rundgren doesn't own that much Todd Rundgren. I love it. And then you'll bring it to, to, to their next record just yeah, to go, just hey, to look show at this. And I'll go, I don't know oh, who babe, you're going to have that great. solo Todd Rundgren show with. Um, I, di- I did you, it. There's no I, one you can get. I, I did it with He Who Shall Not Be Named. I've actually. Oh, you did. And I, but but we, I don't think we covered it enough because back then we were doing the shows were really, were only 45 minutes long and I know. And you brought, you brought Todd Rundgren songs and he brought circus songs. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I'm, I'm Facebook friends with uh, Paul Myers. Uh, he wrote a book about um, about uh, Todd Rundgren, but uh, he's a big Todd Rundgren fan. He's writing a book right now about uh, kids in the hall. So, um, so I, I told him if he if he, if he ever is in Los Angeles that we need to do a Todd Rundgren episode. I knew a guy in college who was a huge Todd Rundgren fan, and that is like uh, this is the early '80s. It wasn't cool to be a, no, no. nobody was a Todd Rundgren fan. Nobody was. I listened to so much music in college that. Guys that I were friends with are like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know, there's girls I know. Uh, here. Maybe you want to get out of the Why room. are you listening to a Nils Lofgren solo <laughs> album? <laughs> I don't know. When Wham! is on the charts. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, okay, here we go. So I'm jumping to the end of the 60s. I'm Finally. Gonna... So they, they finished Satanic Majesty's request. They get busted. They come out of jail and we're going, well, okay, enough of that nonsense. Let's get down to business. And then they did Beggar's Banquet and then they did and this at, album. And at this point, Brian Jones is a mess and yeah. barely involved. So I'm going to jump to Let It Bleed. And actually, oh, awesome. Mick Taylor also, Brian Jones is on this and Mick Taylor plays slide guitar on two songs. But this is the uh, this is the title track. This is uh, Let It Bleed. Let It Bleed. I brought this too. least a hundred songs that they recorded in the 60s and you and I have had three crossovers. <laughs> it's so weird. Stewart on uh, piano. When you need Ian Stewart. Ian Stewart. Yes. Coke and sympathy. Coke and sympathy. Yeah, we all need There's a lot of guest players on this album. Leon Russell, Al Cooper, Bobby that, Keys, Ry Cooter, Nicky Hopkins. Actually, that's a, that could be either Leon Russell or Nicky Hopkins playing piano on that. But... Uh, you, you heard the Ian Stewart story. No, that is Ian Stewart plays piano on okay. Let It Bleed. Ian Stewart was basically part of the band. He was the right, sixth the, stone. He was the sixth stone. And then I think it was Andrew Oldham who said, yeah, this guy doesn't. I guess he was old looking and just he has, didn't. He has, he has like a Jay Leno face. Yeah, he was not an attractive man. Look look him up. Ian he was not Stewart. cool. He was not cool, uh, basically. Jay, yeah, pretty, Leno, Jay Leno face sounds like a uh, They Might Be Giants album. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure he had like a big bulbous chin and yeah and just like a pompadour and he just wasn't and was chubby yeah. i think yeah he, you have he to see a later like, picture of him he kind of looks like jay leno and like john candy if they're yeah. fine and andrew oldham in his 19 year old wisdom looked at the other guys and went you know what we're gonna push that guy to the back that one yeah that's a good one <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 and just, just uh, to that's so, a shame but he, that but guy. he stayed in the band. I think he was also oh, he toured a tour with manager yeah, as all well kinds as of stuff. But he played uh he played keyboards with him, I think, to the eighties, into the eighties. Yeah. He's I think he's passed. He's Yeah, maybe. He's gone. But Rocket, yeah, Rocket Peace story on that. Ian guy. Stewart. Ian Stewart. What do you got? But next uh one? well I'm gonna go one album back when they came out of Satanic Majesty's request. And uh People were like, well, what are they going to follow that up with? And they followed it up with this. Something good. Number 17, and what a difference. Finally, and people went, oh. Right? Yep. Suck it, psychedelia. <laughs> this song's used in a lot of movies, too, oh, yeah. isn't it? Awesome. Now, for people that uh, have never been in my office, 
the I have uh, two shelves that are about how 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 tall are those? Those two shelves. Oh, uh, I mean, are they seven feet high? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I have to yeah, like about. I have to like tippy toe it to get the uh, CD off the top shelf up there. And you have the uh, I'm noticing you have the original album cover there of Beggar's Banquet with the toilet. When they re-released it and remastered it, they put the original cover back. Oh, okay. I'm going to actually stick with that album and let's hear Salt of the Earth. Okay, this closes it, right? Closes it out. Also, Sympathy with uh, for the Devils on here. Yes. To the people drink to the lonely That's Keith. Yeah. Lead vocals at the beginning. That's cool. Great song. I, st- I still have not watched that Netflix documentary on Keith Richards. I haven't either. I haven't either. How weird is I that? I don't have that- Netflix. See? And okay, start I- up. So both of you go, you don't have Netflix. <laughs> I say that every time. And every time you go, you don't have Netflix. You need to get Netflix. You go on, you click the movie you want, and three days later, they send you a DVD of it. <laughs> or if you want to see what? a really what? shitty movie, you can watch it right away. Oh, cool. <laughs> but... um I remember when it came out, I think on the show, I go, oh my God, the Keith Richards documentary uh, debuts Friday. I'm going to watch that. I haven't watched it yet. I've been, I've been binge watching Jessica Jones for four months. I don't think that's how you binge. No, <laughs> no. I literally have two, it in a weekend. I have two and a half episodes to go, but it's been like the last time I watched it was like two months ago. Yeah. I DVR the Crossfire Hurricane special and uh, I just watched that on a loop. That's good. It's great. Yeah, that is good. Well, speaking of that one, when there's a moment in there when they ask, uh, when Keith says, if you could boil down our entire writing history together, what in- song encapsulates it the best? Uh-huh. He says this one, and this is like a little mini opera, and it's a live version of uh, Midnight Rambler, and I don't know why, I don't know what album that appeared on, or if it was a, a live I'll look album or maybe it was um, this but this is uh, you just see how it changes in the middle of it so this is a midnight rambler and just to hear him live at this time is so it goes from this blues Then it changed. So that goes on. That's a nine-minute song. 
and it stops and they do those, you know, breaks and then it goes up and back and down again. It's just, it's really cool. I thought that might be from Love You Live, but I don't, th- I don't think I it just is. tore it off the Hot Rocks compilation, but uh, I can't remember. So it must have been, I know it was 60s, I believe. Let me see if it's on Love You Live. Hmm. No, it's not on that one. Oh, no, it wouldn't be on, uh, did I cheat? Is that from Get Your Yaya's Out or something? Get Your Yaya's Out is in the 60s. No. No, it's the 70s. Yeah. Oh, did I cheat? Oh, well, but it was recorded in 1969. Ha-ha! We'll give it to you. That's right, on the, uh, at, uh... And ended Madison with Altamont. Square Garden. That ended in Altamont, that tour. Yes. And in 69, that's when they went down to Muscle Shoals and recorded Wild Horses and Brown Sugar. And, yep. Oh, that was the time, man. That was the time. So that means Mick Taylor was on that tour. Yeah. That recording right there. Yep. Let's go to Between the Buttons again, Kyle, for a song uh, called Connection. Deep. Now give me the I like it. Give me the chord, Kyle. I want to play you. This is uh this is from 1974. This is former guest on the show, friend of the show. This is from the second Montrose album called Paper Money. This is Sammy Hagar, and they did a cover version of Connection. Oh. A lot different though. Twice as long as the original. This is the same song? It is the same song. You might want to fast forward a little. Alright, I'll jump. <laughs> Jesus. Giving me shots for a thousand rare infections. Sammy's not hitting those notes as much anymore. Nope. God bless him. Still can sing, though. Oh, yeah. He's a kid, 74. He's in a lower register now. Yeah. (laughs) I was 10. I just can't make no connections. Wow, look at that. Sammy. Sammy Hagar. Hagar. Did you get the thing I sent, uh, I posted on the site today? I don't Access think I did TV see that. is uh, playing his birthday party. Oh, he has Sammy a show. Sammy and Michael Anthony's in the clip. He has a show on Access TV now. It's a half hour long, once a week. It's called Sammy Hagar's Rock and Roll Road Trip. And it's uh, it's a really fun show. Yeah, I'm sure it is. It's He he just goes with, hangs out with, like, did an episode with Bob Weir, and I'm not a dead fan at all. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty great. What did they what did they play? Um boy, I don't know. How many songs did the Grateful Dead have? A thousand? Oh, they played I, dead songs. They didn't play like No, they played they played a dead song, yeah. Okay. And then he went to Mickey Hart's house too and they jammed on some stuff. But um yeah, it's a really fun show. It's only a half hour long. Check it out. Cool. Well, I'm pretty tapped out. I I, I got everything there. And like 
I'm not going to, I brought Gimme Shelter, but I've played it a million times and it's been played a hundred million times. So I got, um, I got a couple more. I'd like to play, uh, I'll play, I'll play these. We can just comment. I have a play out song. You have a play out? Well, we can use it. I mean, no, I'll just okay, play wait, it now. You, you know what? I want me to end my, I'll just, no, I'll just you, shoot my we, wad right here. All right. This is it. This is off Let It Bleed. And uh, this kind of closed out the 60s for them, I think. This is uh, the last one, Kyle. This is You Can't Always Get What You Want. But you get what you I need. Her today at the reception. A glass of wine in her hand. I knew she was going to meet her connection. At her feet was a footloose man You can't always get what you want You can't always get what you want Boy, with the headphones on, you can really hear that, you can't <laughs> that shaker You can't always get what you want But if you try sometimes, well, you might find Great way to end it. Just to put it in perspective, uh, in this through the '60s in America, they sold eight million albums total, and in 1978, some girls sold six million albums. <laughs> Just the one album. Just the one album. Wow. This is these, these are some shocking statistics here too. Like Goat's Head Soup, I always think is kind of an under the radar album right. a little bit. That sold three million copies, probably. Just because of Angie, probably. Yeah, Girl, but girls probably bought it. I think all album sales by that time were just through the roof. I mean, 70s albums sold a lot. But they're not because... How many like, did Frampton Comes Alive But sell? like Exile on Main Street sold a million, and then Goat's Head Soup sold three million. Well, Exile on Main Street was a double album, and it was mixed reviewed when it came out, mm. and there wasn't a ton of hits off it. No. I mean, there was... You know, Loving Cup wasn't really a big hit, and they had... You, you know. put a question to me. We sometimes we jump around on here, but that's okay. <laughs> Frampton comes alive. You want to know how many that sold? I've been trying to get Frampton on the show. His people just will not talk to me. I mean, the seventies were the time of the album, man. I mean, it was like. Did you just say, man? Man, let me tell you, man. How many did Kiss sell? I mean, Elton John. My God, Goodbye Old Big Road well, must have sold. Kiss sucks. <laughs> okay. They didn't, Fran- yeah, but they sold albums. Yeah, Frampton Comes Alive sold 8 million copies. Okay. And Rumors? What did that sell? Is this what we're playing now? We're doing this? Well, I mean... I'll tell you. You might as well just look up top selling albums. No, yes. no. Rumors has got to be cr- crazy. Four, I mean... I'm going to say four albums. It sold four albums? What? I don't know. What are you, I thought we were doing Prices Right. Kyle. I'm exhausted. Rumors still sells. So, I mean, it's probably a... It may be over. Well, the Eagles' greatest hits is still Eagles greatest, numbers, number one selling. Eagles' right? greatest hits is twenty nine million albums. Holy shit! I think Rumors has got to be twenty million then. Rumors is twenty million. Boom! It's a double diamond. Wow! And then Saturday Night Fever is up there. I'm not looking up anything else for you. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> yeah, twenty million copies of Rumors. Wow! It's worth it though. Yeah. It's worth it. It is. No, it's, it's it's fantastic. I mean, people are still playing rumors. I don't know how many people put Framing Comes Alive on. When you talk about the 70s, though, I don't think any Zeppelin album hit those kind of numbers, right? 
I don't think any Zeppelin album I can't did. We're not this not game. old man with sticks. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, I can't believe we're playing this game. I think Physical Graffiti maybe was their biggest seller. I'm gonna run it right down. I don't know why we're doing this, but I'm gonna run it down because I don't care. I love it. I love music. <laughs> I, I love talk. Okay, no, my, you 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 are wrong. I'm wrong. Well, when you hear these numbers, you're gonna freak. The first Led Zeppelin album, and these are only in America. Which was 69. Yes, eight million. What? Led Zeppelin two. 12 million. Holy Led Zeppelin 3, 6 million. Led Zeppelin 4, 23 million. That's Houses to date, though. That's to date. That's to date. Okay. But, but I don't have the people other. People still buy Led Zeppelin 4. Houses of the Holy, 11 million. Physical Graffiti, 16 million. Presence, which is the one where people are like, boo. boo. 3 million. In Through the Outdoor, 6 million. And Coda, 1 million. <laughs> That's a ton of albums. <laughs> I know, and it's crazy. It's a ridiculous amount of albums. Wow. Okay, Kyle, let's just get through. Uh, I'm done. I'm tapped out. I'm going to play two more. I'm going to play this one from Aftermath. Let's hear a little bit about this stupid girl. Oh, okay. I'm not talking about the kind of clothes she wears. Look at that stupid girl. That's cool, man. Have you seen the... Uh, I still have not seen the entire thing, but I believe it's available on video and probably online is the Rock and Roll Circus. The Rolling Stones uh, Rock and Roll Circus. I and, think I owned it at one point. It's not It's not terrible like you'd think it would be. It's, is it just them playing in the room? with? I mean, the Who's in it? I know yeah, uh, John like, Lennon's in it. It's like The a, Dirty Mac. It's like a special. They introduce their, yeah. their friends to play songs too. It's It's fine. Okay. But that's where they do that version of uh, Sympathy for the Devil. Though, yeah. Which they play in the documentary, which is amazing. Yeah. And, the and Brian Jones in that is a mess. <laughs> oh, my God. Just and, stumbling around. Looked horrible. Sunken eyes. Awful. And the Who do a version of um, a quick one while he's away, which is mm-hmm. fantastic. How old was Brian Jones when he died? I think 27. Weren't they all 27? Is he one of the 27s? I think he was in the 27. Look it up. But, uh, yeah. I'm looking it up, Kyle. Don't even look. Don't even do it. Brian Jones was 27. Boom. Born in 42. Born on February 28th. Died in 69. Up top, my brother. Way up top. Yeah. (laughs) 27. 27. It's insane. Joplin, Janis Joplin was 27. Jim Morrison, Hendrix. Winehouse? Maybe, yeah. I think so. I thought she... uh, Maybe. When I see Morrison and Joplin and Hendrix, they seem a lot older than 27. Well, Joplin especially. There was was some hard... A lot of miles. A lot of miles. Yeah. Hard years. But yeah, I guess uh, Cobain was. It was 94. Yeah, Winehouse was 27 as well. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Farley? I'm kidding. No, he was. <laughs> he was 33 because that's how. What we about George Burns? 127. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, look. When we uh, later on in the year, when we hit the 70s, we are going to tackle only six albums. 
Oh, but, but man. Look at those albums. Sticky Fingers, XIO and Main, Main Street, Street, Goat's Head Soup, It's Only Rock and Roll, Black and Blue, and Some Girls. Ah, oh, boom. I mean. Now there's a decade. And the quality of these recordings. I mean, take from what we just played and then go to that. I mean, two decades right there. Yeah, two decades. If they ended it there, they'd be good. I mean, look at. Okay, look up. Before we go, look up the uh, 1972 tour and check out and read the playlist. Because then on that tour, it was June, July. I found it on Wikipedia. The opening act, Stevie Wonder. Wow. So this is right before, I believe, Talking Book came out. And Superstition was going to be his new single that was coming out later that year. So, I mean, he was... So you got Stevie Wonder hitting his peak mm-hmm. just before he did Talking Book, Songs in the Key of Life, Intervisions. And so they brought him out on tour. He did a set. And then the Stones came out. And they didn't play any 60s stuff. Read the set list. Of- okay, now I have a set list here from July 26, 1972. Okay. Oh, I didn't get a specific show. I just got from, a general one. This is from Madison Square Garden. So I'm just going to read this Oh, that's set at list. the end of the tour, yeah. This is Brown Sugar, Bitch, Rocks Off, Gimme Shelter, Happy, Tumbling Dice, Love in Vain, Sweet Virginia, You Can't Always Get What You Want, All Down the Line, Midnight Rambler, Bye Bye Johnny, Rip This Joint, Jumpin' Jack Flash, Street Fighting Man, Uptight, Everything's All Right, yeah, Stevie, Stevie Wonder. Wonder cover, and then he close it out with the song. Stevie would come back and join him, that's why they We're going to close it out with the song I'm going to close it out with right now. Apologies to As Tears Goes By, and apologies to Yesterday's Papers. Please go out and buy Between the Buttons and Aftermath. Also, go to the Rock Solid Podcast. Go to rocksolidpodcast.com. Scroll down to the set list. You can click on the individual track names. It'll take you straight to iTunes. Not to iTunes. God damn it. Punch me in the face. <laughs> Seriously, punch me in the face. Take you straight to Amazon. You buy those songs. Uh, and oh, we'll, you get a little kickback. We'll get a little kickback. Oh, that's nice. If you go, Mike, Mike, you want to buy anything at Amazon, go to rocksolidpodcast.com and enter it through our Amazon. Well, I know a guy with a lot of gift cards. Maybe I could uh, get one of those. Did you do it with those gift cards? I've been buying everything. <laughs> I, 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 go to the, I go to the Rock Solid portal from now on. Hi. <laughs> All right. We're ending so it. So the tour ended with this song. The tour ended I mean, with look, this song. How, how great is that set list? That's a great set list. Mike, you're at funnymike.com. Funnymike.com and uh, funnymike on Twitter and Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. Kyle, you're at Kyle Dotson Funny. That's right. I'm at Pat underscore not funny. <laughs> we are at Rock Solid Show Not Funny. And uh, what else can we say? We've got nothing else to say. That's it. It's always right. a pleasure. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for agreeing to do this. I know that I'm not going to have you here for the 80s, but I will have you for the 70s. <laughs> Thanks. Maybe I'll get Murray to do the 80s. Okay. All right, Kyle, play it out with satisfaction. Ah, oh, there you go. The human riff, right there. I think I've heard this before. Uh-huh.